Today is July 10th. Happy birthday, Garrett, 2020. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four of the Mashing Joys podcast. I am, once again, your host, Cody Myers, also known as Mediocre Panda. And sitting across the interwebs from me, as always, is my co-host, cousin, and co-conspirator for world domination, Mr. Jason Kaysen. How you doing, buddy? You know what? I am doing great. I'm doing a, a lot better now that I know it's G Money's birthday. Yeah, dog. Uh, happy birthday, Big G. Um, miss uh, miss hitting the sticks with you, but uh, happy birthday. Hope all is well. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll dedicate this awesome episode to you. Yeah, it's gonna be a fire episode too. Massively fire. Yeah, because we got a lot to talk about. I mean, I don't wear my cat dog hat for nothing. That's facts. That's true. He doesn't even wear when I'm around. This is the first time I'm seeing it. And it's incredible, by the way. It fits great. Looks yeah. great. I, uh, I already know what you'll say about my hat, which is why it's backwards. So Is it your Doyer hat? Nah, dude. Uh-oh. All Elite Wrestling. Here we go, dude. Pretty sure I'd rather see the Doyer hat. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, so does look fresh though. I'll give you yeah, that. Dude. Does Just came fresh. in the mail yesterday. Shouts nice. pro wrestling tees. Nice. Apparently they make hats too. Who knew? Who knew? It's not in the name. We wouldn't know. Yeah. But um, we got a bit to talk about. Bit of news goings on in the uh, in the video game sphere, whether it be uh, companies releasing things, expressing interest in things. Or companies just fucking shutting down. And also, we're going to grace our beautiful listeners with another one of our top 10 lists, which we will get into it. Yeah, dude. Fucking lists are the best. If I could do, if we could come up with a concept for a list every episode and people like didn't fucking hate it, uh, I would do it 100%. This could be a list show and I'd be fine with it. (laughs) Thanks. But uh, first thing on the docket. For today is we are talking about the ufc um if you follow the ultimate fighting championship in any capacity you may have heard since the whole covid19 dilemma came up they haven't really been doing very many fights uh they started doing events just a couple months ago with no fans just uh commentators some press and uh, team members and officials. Well, uh, Dana White, that fucking guy, bought a goddamn island in Abu Dhabi, which is uh, named Fight Island. It's actually uh, Yas Island. Is it Yas Island? Yeah, Y-A-S, Yas Island. Is that, did you call it that? No, 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 dead serious. It's Yas Island. Oh. It, they, they're titling it Fight Island because fights are happening there, but um, Dana White actually didn't buy it. He leased it, and it's oh. actually already an island. It's Yas Island, but they're calling it Fight Island. But, yeah, Dana White's a madman. Fight Island, a.k.a. Yas Queen Island. Yas Queen. So they have an event coming up tomorrow, Saturday, July 11th, UFC 251, which I 
have a feeling I'll probably be watching with my dear co-host here. That card is fucking stacked. Holy shit. If you want to uh, watch the top tier of people beating the shit out of each other, that's probably going to be it. Uh, three title fights, it's going to be awesome. But that doesn't necessarily pertain to video games. What does is they have planned the official reveal for EA Sports UFC 4 at this event. I'm sure it'll be on the pay-per-view portion because, oh, you want to see it? Pay us $60. So they want you to pay the price of the game to see the game. But we'll do it anyway. Whatever. Facts. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you still get some bitchin' fights. Yeah, for real. Ma- major, major fights. I am kind of bummed that they're not actually fighting on the like beachfront. Um, they put together that octagon for all the promos and stuff, but yeah, apparently that's not even going to be used because it's going to be like 120, 30 degrees. So, Jesus um, Christ, safety wise, they can't even use it for like practice or anything. They might shoot some promos, uh, some promo photos or whatever, but. Um, that octagon will basically not be used at all for the foreseeable future. I think it would be badass if they did like the weigh-ins on that octagon. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be sick. But uh, bad news for EA Sports and UFC. Some fuckhead leaked it. Some uh, someone who knows who leaked the uh, the reveal already. It was probably Ariel Hawani. Yeah. Yeah, we're, that's right. We're on to you. We're on to your <laughs> shit. But uh, I haven't watched the leaks. Have you? Um, I I saw a little bit um, from them. Actually, what was funny is I was watching an interview with Ariel Hawani. And for those of you that don't know the backstory, Ariel Hawani is like the biggest insider when it comes to mixed martial arts. He's like the Adam Schefter of MMA. And the only difference is Adam Schefter has a really good relationship with Roger Goodell. Ariel Hawani has a absolutely terrible relationship with Dana White because they clashed at the beginning of this whole thing before it blew up. And Dana White basically said, you know, I don't want you to be a part of any of this. So Ariel kind of went on his own thing. And, and basically how it started was Ariel was just a guy that broke news stories. That's what he did. He was a beat writer and he was really good at it. Um, and he was someone that people trusted. So everyone does an interview with him. He, you know, he'll get information out of everybody and he's not afraid to share the information that people need to hear. And I was actually watching an interview because there was a picture of that octagon on the beachfront and Ariel Hawani said, why are we putting these as promos when this is not going to be fought on the beach? And Dana White responded to that and said, it's good that Ariel Hawani doesn't know shit. So they were interviewing Ariel about that and basically how he knows everything. And he was basically saying that like the reason why um, Jorge Masvidal and Conor McGregor and all these guys are quote unquote retiring is because they have fights and they've agreed to fight certain people and the UFC wants other people to fight them before they fight them. Um, UFC sees, like right now with everything going on, they could probably get one big fight every month. 
So they don't want to keep booking these fights with these big name fighters. People get sick, people get hurt. They're trying to prolong everything and book everything out and kind of drag it out. And these fighters don't want that. Um, so that's why they're quote unquote retiring. So Ariel's like leaking all this stuff. And he's like, I know what these deals are. I know what these numbers are, but I'm not going to say them because it's not my place. It's the fighter's place. So I would not be surprised if most of this stuff was leaked to Ariel and he's the one that's kind of behind all of it because when it comes to UFC leaks, video games, fights, TV deals, anything like that, Ariel is always right there. And with these fires, fighters uh, retiring, at the end of the day, it is a, a, a combat sport. You get fucked up just about every single time you go in there. And as we've seen, with a heightened awareness in basically every sport, uh, CTE is kind of a thing. And if you get punched in the head hard enough or need in the head, that's going to have some effects. Or for Cowboy Cerrone, you get the little shoulder action. Yeah. Knocked out with a shoulder. <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of that shoulder either. So, like, fucking no shade thrown towards Cerrone. Absolutely not. That was absolutely brutal to watch. <laughs> good good actor, that Cerrone. Complete opposite of Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Who uh, can't put together a good performance to save his fucking life. Sorry. Nope. nope. Actually, not sorry. You're garbage at everything. Agreed. Yep. But uh, I haven't watched the leaks because I'm just going to watch the event and I'm going to see it there. So. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. I feel like it's. Uh, yeah. I feel like. This Yas Island is going to be a humongous hit. Yeah. And especially with all the fights that they have. I'm like, oh, yeah. The main card alone has three title fights, one major fight with Rose Namajunas or whatever her name is coming back. She's an assassin. And then Paige Van Zant on her last fight on her contract, which. Does not happen in the UFC. If your contract's about to end, you always re-up because UFC's the biggest partner in mixed martial arts. And Bellator's a joke. Paige Van Zant has over 2 million social media followers. She's this big face, and she wants to fight and prove her worth, and she is not basically being exclusive to UFC. She's allowing everyone to bid, and this fight she's going to put on whatever show she wants to put on. She's also been one in three in her last four fights. So she has not won fights and yet she's still popular. So, um, I mean, every fight on this main card, this is probably the most stacked main card as the talent sits in their prime. You could probably pull main cards back where like, you know, big names were up and coming. So they weren't necessarily in their prime, but they're still a big name. There's probably a lot of big names on the on the card, but this card is prime athletes, big names, three title fights. I mean, it's yeah. I'm honestly surprised that the price of the card isn't more because yeah. of the value that you're getting and the fact that it's in Abu Dhabi, which is not a cheap place to be. Yeah. No. But it's Dana White. It's pocket change. Yeah. I'm sure the buy rate's going to be through the fucking roof. They're saying once uh, once Masvidal entered over, uh, 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 I want to say Evans, but it's not Evans. The, the whoever the guy was that was going to fight Usman before Masvidal stepped in because the other dude tested positive. 
for COVID, um, they were saying that there was like a 36% increase in um, pre-orders of the fight once Masvidal was announced. Like, crazy. It's going to be probably the most they've made for viewership in the history of the UFC. Now, money-wise, it might not equate to the most because they don't have actually people there watching, but viewership, it's got to be it's got to be top for sure. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. Um, I'm not going to take too much time looking into this. Maybe we'll talk about it later if I find it. But, yep, so if you're interested in the UFC, interested in watching people get absolutely wrecked by other people using fists, knees, kicks, and everything in between, (laughs) uh, probably buy this card. It's going to be insane. But moving into our second segment, we wanted to talk about a uh, another report coming out from Microsoft. Apparently, they have expressed interest in buying a studio known as WB Games, Warner Brothers Games. You may know them for putting out such hits as the Batman Arkham series. Phenomenal games. Uh, Mortal Kombat is under their banner with uh, NetherRealm Studios. Big titles, big fan bases. Microsoft, I don't know if they're going to try to make a push if they purchase these rights, if they purchase this uh, overarching studio, I suppose. Um, If they're going to make a push to bring it to exclusive. Because, man, that would be a shot at PlayStation if they took Batman Mortal Kombat and made it exclusive. I don't foresee Mortal Kombat being exclusive just due to the fact that it's fucking Mortal Kombat. People have been playing it for decades. You can't just take that away from a huge player base. I think contractually, um, they couldn't for Mortal Kombat because of the character's likeness and name rights through the PlayStation because multiple things, or Sony, Nintendo, all of them, these like even uh, like character icons and everything have been sold. And generally, when that happens, there's like multi-year deals um, that even if the studio changes, the um, the big name console creators have rights still to their likeness and their names. So I don't think Mortal Kombat. If I were Microsoft and this was my plan. Um, it would be solely to take Batman away from PlayStation, which if they could make, which would be extremely difficult um, now since they're so late in the game, but if they could make a Batman game exclusive for the Xbox and announce it when Xbox, the new Xbox series X comes out, whether it comes out at launch or, or not, it wouldn't come out at launch too late, but if they could announce it when it's launched, then, you know, they can battle with the Miles Morales game and that can really work with um, work with that there. But I believe, I want to say Warner Brothers also has Golf Clash, which isn't a console game, but mobile game that's very, very popular mobile game. Yeah. Um, I believe they have Golf Clash, which would yeah. be a big pickup for Microsoft. Yeah, huge, considering another 
uh, thing we'll get to in a minute here, considering Mark or involving Microsoft. I think there have been rumors going around recently that another Batman game is in development. And apparently it's supposed to be like a Court of Owls game, which would be sick. That's a cool comic line. Something that's been rumored for years. But now the rumors are starting to gain a lot more traction. And I see it from your perspective exactly. If they were to do a Batman game, which they could announce at their first party showcase this month, mm-hmm. which obviously if a deal doesn't go through, that's not going to happen. Right. And plus if this game is in development, I'm sure there's already agreements with the, uh, the powers that be at Sony and Microsoft to let the game come out on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. But that would be a huge, a huge rival to Miles Morales with it being not only Xbox versus PlayStation, but also the reigniting the war of DC versus Marvel. Cause that's always been a hotly debated topic over the years. It's a bummer that Xbox will be on the wrong side of that. Yeah. As much as I do love Batman, uh, Marvel's just got way too much going for it currently. And just the rogues gallery is so good. Mm-hmm. But food for thought there. We will uh, we will keep an eye out and report on if any uh, developments are made. Let's see another piece of information that came out just uh, just today was a photo from Sony displaying the box art displaying what the PlayStation 5 box arts will look like, specifically Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Man, it looks good. Yeah, it does. I think it would look way cooler in just like a clear, like a clear, clear case instead of the trans transparent blue they've been doing. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. The thing is, we're getting more things about the next-gen consoles. Mm-hmm. As, minim- as minuscule as they may seem, News is news, and it's it just keeps keeps getting me excited. And I love how of all the games they chose to uh, display it with, it had to be Spider Man Miles Morales for sure. The one thing that I didn't like is I didn't like the similarity to the PS4 case. Um, the one thing I like, like PS2 had very similar to the PS4, and same with the PS5. Um, and then the PlayStation 3, you know, it had the the lettering along the side of it. I thought for sure when they went to the PS5, they would change whether that lettering wouldn't be on the side, but it'd be on the top. Um, but like when you look at it side by side, and I'll see if I can get a, a picture up on this stream. But if, if you look at it side by side, it's it's basically the exact same, just blue background, white background, and a five instead of a four. Yeah, but as far as how the discs will look, I mean, obviously they're they're going with you know how Blu-rays have looked for their entirety. Um, I I think uh, I think it looks clean. I think of course you got to do Miles Morales because it's just badass. 
obviously. Um, and honestly, when we look back at it, especially for the ones that get the digital version, who gives a shit? Like, mm. it, I mean, you're you're gonna worry about the cover tile art that's you know on your your console, not necessarily um, the disc base that you no longer own. Yeah, as we discussed before of our uh, digital versus disc argument. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be going with a digital based as we get closer and closer to this release. Mm -hmm. I did see some rumors where they were going to actually use the old PlayStation logo, like on games that are either like making a comeback or games that are like direct sequels to like original games that they would use like the old school PlayStation logo uh, that had the, the red, the yellow, the green, um, and use that and then do like the PS5 logo, but use that original PlayStation logo as a part of it to like give it a, a throwback to, um, you know, being a, a PlayStation OG. They should absolutely do that for Crash Bandicoot. Oh, that'd be dope. That'd be so sick. That would be dope for sure. Oops. But moving into what we'll call the co-main event here. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit more about Microsoft, uh, specifically their streaming service mixer, mm-hmm. or I suppose their former streaming service mixer. Cause if oh, you so. haven't heard the news by now, uh, mixer will be shutting down in the coming months. They, uh, they are merging with Facebook gaming, very, uh, up and coming service. I've seen a lot, a lot of the, uh, streamers that we're going to be talking to, in the uh, next month in our streamer spotlight series or Facebook gaming streamers. So bringing the mixer audience, if they choose so to continue following the brand, uh, moving it over to Facebook gaming, will bring a lot more eyes to the product and bringing a lot more eyes to these streamers that normally may not see that. Um, It kind of leaves some streamers in a weird spot particularly uh, some big names like Ninja and Shroud. They uh, just signed huge deals, like 20 to $30 million deals to stream exclusively with, with a mixer. And they say they're shutting down. They've been paid out and they are now out of their contract and they're free to stream wherever they want, which we've seen Ninja already take advantage of with a stream earlier this week on YouTube, which was kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere. He was just like, Hey, 10 minutes. I'm on here. And people filed in to watch this fucking guy play Fortnite again. (laughs) Crazy. But as he is, as we've had it nailed into our heads probably the most iconic name in gaming right now. I see why he, uh, they were really hoping at mixer to bring over his entire fan base, which uh, didn't happen. If you look at his, uh, follower statistics on Twitch, his inactive channel is at 15 million followers where he topped out at mixer at 3.2. So a lot of people were hyped about the move, moved over and checked out his stream and he didn't get the same retention which moving from a streaming service like Twitch to Mixer, Twitch being what a lot of people consider the gold standard 
in streaming. We'll talk more about that eventually. Uh, not happy, but well, it's the OG. Yeah, it's the first one that really brought to light video game streaming. Uh, aside from you know, like let's play channels on YouTube. Yeah. So it gave it gave a platform for people to respond in real time other than watching like ML old MLG streams of call of duty and halo and all that stuff. And it really surged to prominence with the, with the BR movement. As we saw H one Z one come out and PUBG and Fortnite, apex legends, blackout Warzone, all these BRs coming out of the woodwork. And it really gave a boost to popularity to streamers like Ninja to shroud to Tim the Tap Man, who granted already had a decent following. But it's crazy. And there have been some other reports about Mixer on why they're closing, partially due to overspending on contracts exactly like that. They were sending out the bank, backing up the Brinks truck, if you will, to their front doors. And paying these few select streamers tens of millions of dollars and then didn't have enough to run their operation, which in a competitive business, which this is a very competitive business at this point, I see it and you have to, you have to make an offer you can't refuse to these guys who are so recognizable that are so popular to bring their fan bases over and hopefully generate more revenue for you. But that seemed to be one of the uh, signs of the downfall, as well as there have been some former streamers and former employees coming out talking about uh, toxic work environment uh, towards the streamers or internally to employees, uh, people being forced out for taking things to HR, which they're not the only ones. Again, we'll talk about that at some point. But um, Mixer had a very short life. I know I kind of I kind of made my jump over there to watch a little bit when Shroud made his jump because I'm a huge fan of Shroud. Every game he touches turns to gold. But what are your thoughts? Did you did you ever look at Mixer? What do you think of it? I never really tuned into Mixer. I've never really been a um, a big streaming guy like. I kind of just got into really focusing on some Facebook gaming streamers that um, I followed for a little bit. Um, but like Twitch was never really my thing. I, I think the only time I ever used Twitch was when I was playing Rocket League um, religiously and was getting into tournaments that was hosted through Twitch. Um, that was really the only time that I got into that. Like I was never a Ninja fan. I never followed any of these guys that, that played BRs. I mean, realistically, uh, the first BR game that I really played um, consistently was Apex. Um, and then the new Call of Duty. I mean, I played Blackout like a couple times and that was it. Like It, it wasn't even something that I, I was super interested in. Um, but I can tell you this from, from being in business for, you know, 12 plus years, there are, there's going to be a lot of this and there's going to be a lot of, um, companies that you don't even know about and there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come out of the woodwork after these big companies take hits and you know you're going to be like oh never even heard of these guys but 
everyone attacks everything differently. Okay. Mixer is attacking it by, Hey, I'm going to try to take my biggest comp, my biggest competitors talent and use it against them. And that's how I'm going to make my money. Then you got guys like Facebook where they're like, Hey, we are going to attack it by using our fan base as a company to our advantage our viewships are all everything that we have built as a company. We're going to utilize to find these gamers out there that we appreciate to make them, you know, part of our quote unquote team. And then we're going to help them gain followers. And then once they get to a point, we're going to allow them to take this company to the next level. Those are the companies that are going to succeed. Twitch was one of those companies that, that did it because that's how they started. It was something that was not, prominent in the streaming slash visual world that we lived in the internet wasn't as big as it is right now i mean here we are doing a podcast uh with two people and we're you know not even five miles from each other we're you know we're way more than that so um there's countless um business ideas that you can utilize to try to make that step and you're always you're never going to be able to make everybody happy so to hear, you know, read some of the allegations of toxic work environment and, and things like that, that will always happen no matter where you're at. But what is disheartening is how some of these companies aren't handling it the way that they need to be. And that's why good CEOs last forever because they put their people first and they take care of their people and they listen. Uh, not everyone's complaint is going to hold the valid validity of the next person, but you have to treat it like it is. And you know, that, that is one of the things that, that led to mixers downfall. And I can guarantee you that putting all that money into that large talent, they were expecting such a quick turnaround for putting all that money in there. But what they forget is, you know, Ninja didn't start on Twitch and immediately have 15 million followers. He grew that fan base you can't expect all 15 to now move to a new service and then grow from that. He might drop and then he'll have to grow back to it, which you'll have to expect is going to happen. If you're going to fork him all that kind of money. Perfect example is look at Patrick Mahomes. The guy just signed a deal for half a billion dollars. The chiefs are not expecting him to win a super bowl every single year. They know that, Hey, we took him, we're signing him to this big deal coming off of a super bowl but our expectation is not over these 10 years for him to win a Super Bowl. If that was the expectation, then all of his money would be guaranteed, but it's not. He has, guess what? Super Bowl incentives. It's like, Hey, if you can get there again, here's 1.25 million. If you win it again, here's 2.5 million. These businesses know we're making this change. It's not like we're going to pick up right where we left off. We're going to continue to have to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And when you have companies like Mixer that take this charge by forking all this money over right away, you're going to have one or two things. One, you're going to have an instant success and it's going to be incredibly difficult to manage the talent within that success. Or you're going to have exactly what happened. You're going to have a ton of talent, but you don't know what to do with it because it's not growing the way that you want it to which I guarantee you Ninja has been probably treated like a God over at Twitch. And then he comes over to mixer and he's constantly on conference calls and they're reading him statistics and trying to figure out why, 
he's not putting up the numbers that he did in Twitch and it's causing stress on him. And, you know, obviously these are all allegations by myself. I, I don't know these for sure, but I can tell you just being in the business uh, being in business for this long, I can tell you that it happens everywhere. Every, everything that you do in the business world usually happens everywhere else, just in different ways. And I can guarantee you these guys are backing up the Brinks trucks and they're not getting the instant results that they wanted. And they're putting pressure on this talent that probably never gets that kind of pressure because they grew their fan base. Now they're expected to maintain and continue to grow that fan base, which isn't fair to them. So I'm not surprised at all, actually. Yeah. But as they say, when one door closes, another opens. And there's been a a very sudden emergence, which we won't get into uh, this episode We're waiting to hear a bit more about what they're all about. But if you are in the sphere, you've probably heard of a little upstart called Brime, which uh, I guess we'll wait and see. Apparently they have uh, made contact with some very notable streamers, trying to bring them over. And uh, they seem very passionate about what they're doing. So... Let's just wait and see. If it was me, like if I was a big time streamer, like if I was Ninja, I would 100% put my name in the basket for Brime and not just to start streaming with them, but get to know the people that are starting this up and try to get involved immediately because that's going to lead to overtime longevity as far as success because you can work, you know, a contract to where you just got paid out by Mixer and you basically did nothing compared to what you did at Twitch. So you can now go help start up a company like Brime, and now you're not only one of the biggest streamers, but now you're the biggest streamer on a platform that you have stock in or whatever. Um, It it wouldn't be a terrible move. You've already got paid out by a company that's no longer around. You got paid, you have the money. Why not work with a lower-end startup like Brime and let it rise to the top. Now, if you don't think that it's going to get there, you know, meet with the owners, meet with the, you know, everyone that's getting it set up. And if you meet with them and you're like, yeah, this isn't going to hit the ground running, then back out. But I think it'd be a smart business decision for guys like Ninja, where you've already got paid out, take a chance. Yep. They, uh, they may not say this, but I'm going to say it right now. Uh, it always is more comfortable living in a house that you built. Facts. So jumping in early on Brime might be a huge move for not only the uh, the team behind Brime, but Ninja himself. And it could be huge. So it's a big wait and see. I'm excited. I have a, I have my Twitter notification set up for Brime's Twitter account, so <laughs> I know when they post shit, and I want to – I want to know. I want the information because this is this this has potential. These guys seem very passionate about what they're doing, mm-hmm. and the fact that they basically exploded overnight, kind of in the um, in the shadow of the whole doctor disrespect situation. But they have people's attention, mm-hmm. and now now would be the time to capitalize. Strike while the iron's hot. 
Yep. But enough about the industry and all that. Let's get into the thing that people really care about. And that's our opinions and our fucking top tier lists. Now, Jason had time. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. UFC. But uh, Jason came up with the idea today. <laughs> we were we were discussing the show, and we were like, "Man, what else should we talk about?" And he just sends me a screenshot of our show notes, and at the bottom it just says, "Top ten most badass gaming characters." <laughs> and I was like, "Fucking hey, let's do it!" <laughs> so we're gonna talk about our uh, some of our favorite badasses, badasses in the video game sphere. Um, now, this is not limited to one console, one generation of consoles, one game type, or anything like that. Um, I don't, we, once again, in the spirit of our last list, we do not know what's on each other's list. This was pure reactions. But um, we also don't know how we thought about it making our lists. I know how I made my list. It's yeah. open-ended. You know, it, it's, it's 10 most badass gaming characters. That could be a bunch of things. Is it they look badass? Is it do they do badass things? Or is it like every time I play with them, I feel like a badass? You don't know. That's kind of why these lists are fun. Yeah. Uh, all of those things kind of went into making my list. Also, <laughs> one thing that I really, probably the thing that took me the most time when curating my list and ranking everyone was... I'm a big story guy. So I think about character arc, character development, how they impact the story, how they lead it going forward. So that was a huge point in making my list, especially in the top five. But we will get to that. Um, We didn't, I didn't do dishonorable mentions this time, but I know Jason (laughs) did. And, uh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> but we did do honorable mentions. We did. We did. So uh, let's, let's start there. Uh, who, who are your three honorables? Um, so my three honorables are um, Sub-Zero from okay. Mortal Kombat. Um, uh, Pagan Min. I, I don't know if you've heard that name, but he is the uh, villain in Far Cry 4. Uh, he's a psychopath and talking about stories and, and how his character arc plays into it. Um, it was one of the first games that I witnessed where, you know, the decision you make at either in the game or at the end of the game determines, you know, the ending and it had different endings because at the very end of the game, spoiler alert, if you haven't played far cry four, it's been out for a lot, a long time. So don't, come at me or at me it's fine um (laughs) definitely at him at the end of the game you like get to the top of this mountain where this dude's at pagan men and he's sitting there and there's a gun on the table and when you walk in he like doesn't know that you're there and then he kind of like realizes you're there and there's the gun there so it's like hit triangle to grab gun so you like grab the gun and then it's like r2 to shoot so it's like everyone's like yeah fuck this guy boom blow his head off and then game's over or there's another ending where you don't shoot him 
And then it goes through like a little story arc and you kind of learn like why he became who he is. Like all this, but I loved how the game, the game creators knew that you're going to hate this guy so much that you're just immediately that you get the opportunity to kill this guy. You're going to pull the trigger. And that's what I did. I was like, boom, fuck you. Let's go. Just beat the <laughs> game. And then like two days later, it was like, have you played the alternate ending? And I was like, what? And then it was like, yeah, when it shows R2, you just wait a couple seconds and then you don't shoot them. You're given an option to not shoot them. So I was like, oh, interesting. I'm going to go play it again and do that. So that's why he's on my list. This guy beat the game four times. Just Four times. It's Far Cry 4. You can't can't not beat it four times. It's like Star Wars. If it's Star Wars episode 1,000, you're watching it 1,000 times. So, I mean... You probably won't be alive by then, but anyways, you get the point. Um, and then my shocker honorable um, is Faith from Mirror's Edge. She's badass. So. Yeah, that's true. She almost made my top ten, but I was like, mm, I was looking through my games team. when I was making this list, and I was like, Mirror's Edge. Faith was badass. She's badass. Badass. That is a that's a good honorable mention list. Funny oh, enough you. that uh, one of those characters is on there. Sub Zero, because um, Scorpion's on mine, and oh. I'm more of a uh, I'm more of a Sub Zero player. Ah. I I enjoy Sub Zero more, but ah. Scorpion's so fucking iconic. And true, true. Um, speaking of also iconic characters, I also have Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. on here, a game I recently got into. Uh, nice. Super hard ass. And then um, my third one was kind of a joke, but also kind of not. Uh, Rambro from Broforce. Broforce, nice. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's Rambo, but he's a bro, dude. Yep. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so honorable mentions are named. Um, we talked about when we did this list – that we can do like brief descriptions for our bottom five, but then the top five will will give them the platform that they deserve because they're the top five badasses. Um, so number ten, who's uh, who's number ten on your most badass list? Uh, B.J. Blaskowitz. Oh, yes, you may know him as the main character from the Wolfenstein series. Nice, um, I like it. Uh, every time I play the Wolfenstein games, which are like more challenging than you think they are, but every time I play them, I feel like just the meanest son of a bitch in the entire world. And most of all, the best thing about it, he just kills Nazis all the time. <laughs> like, fuck them. <laughs> That's awesome. So PJ yeah, Blaskowitz awesome. was my number 10. That's good. That's a good number 10. Um, my number 10 is Samus. Um, the reason why I put Samus there was that was the first character that I was like, wait, that's a girl. Mm-hmm. I used to play Samus all the time, smash bros. And I was like, dude, Samus is a badass. That dude's fire. And one of my buddies <laughs> was like, you know, it's a girl, right? I was like, no, cause I don't play Nintendo games except for smash bros. And it doesn't say Samus in a girl name. It says Samus. So, you know, I don't know that it's a girl. It's in a robot costume. How do I know that it's a girl? When I found out it was a girl, I was like, okay, now major badass. <laughs> so 
that Samus badass. is my number 10 major badass. Um, <laughs> and when I was telling you, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to be in the top 10. Faith and Samus were my flip-flop. Oh, like, okay. Who's going to be 10 or who's going to be honorable mention. But Samus deserves it yeah. uh, as being one of my, I believe, my only Nintendo character. So yeah. Also, just no knocks to the Mirror's Edge series. The first one was kind of okay, but the second one was really good. But Samus is just so iconic. Oh, so way more games under her belt than you know two. Yeah. So. Yep, and more deaths under her belt when controlled by me because that was like the only character I used. Facts. Um, number nine. Who you got? Number nine. This is where I think that our lists go different because we're different gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you alluded to story based. I'm sports based. So number nine on my list, stretch from NBA street volume two, um, literally a video game that is made after professional basketball players playing three on three basketball and stretch is the main character on the cover. Like they did such a good job with him really building his character up as you play through the games and build your team with all the, the NBA players that you bring onto your roster and the entire time you're just trying to get to stretch and beat stretch and stretch is like, nah, you're not even good enough to be on my court. And as a kid playing that game, you're just like, I can beat you right now, but the game doesn't let you. So stretch iconic, iconic basketball star literally looks like Dr. J, but, and honestly, as a kid, I, I thought stretch was Dr. J I had to later find out that Stretch was just a made-up character that was based off of Dr. J, but yeah, Stretch, number nine for me. My number nine would have been way funnier if I put him at a different level or a different spot just because of like the catchphrase. But my number nine, Bravo 6, going duck. Captain Price. Ah, Price was on my list too, and I took him off. Bro, Price is badass. He's like him in the human frag grenade in the (laughs) in the Modern Warfare 2019 campaign. He's just like a no nonsense, but like doesn't necessarily need to play everything by the book. He's just like fuck it, or gets the job done. Like he doesn't have to be a part of the entire story. But like when he comes in, it's like oh shit, it's about to go down. Yeah, and like when you can watch like a theatrical part of the story, and all you see is just the amber of his cigar, and you're like, "Oh shit, it's Price!" Like, yeah. So yeah, I I commend you for putting him uh, in your top ten. He was actually a scratch off um, for me, but nice work. Uh, number eight, who you got? Number eight, I have Cole McGrath from the first two Infamous games. Nice. Uh, Infamous was a very important game for me for the PlayStation 3. It was a game that I had not heard about until one of my friends was like, oh, you have this game? Here, I'll trade you Infamous for it. I was like, no idea what that fucking game is, but sure, why not, man? (laughs) And I gave him whatever the hell it was and started playing Infamous, and I just like got attached the character was super cool and the fact that it had that morality system in the game where you could be a hero in the public size or just a fuck face 
and just <laughs> murder everything <laughs> was awesome. And his powers were super cool. And in the, in those games, you see a lot of character development. And I just, I really like the, uh, the versatility between the games. So Colmograph's my okay. number eight. It's a good number eight. It's a good number eight. What um, you got? I have Eddie from Tekken. Fuck yeah. Three words. Breakdancing fighter. I, I don't need to say anymore. Nope. I mean, the, the dude had a secondary dress that was literally a disco DJ with a fro. Like, literally every Tekken game from like Tekken 3 up, Eddie was the only character that I played. And if I had to unlock him, I would literally do just the challenges to unlock him, and then it's the only character I played as. A boss. Absolute boss. So that's my number eight. Oh yeah. Good one. That's a good that's a good pick. I liked it. I actually moved him up. He was uh he was ten. And then I was like, nope, he deserves more respect. So yeah. I moved and I bumped him up to numero eight. Um number, number seven. seven for me is an iconic PlayStation hero. Um Nathan Drake. Um for me. It was one I alluded to it when we were talking about, you know, what determines badass. Like for me, when I played as Nathan Drake, I felt like a badass. Like I felt like I could do the shit that he was doing when I definitely couldn't do the shit he was doing. Um, and really what, what made it pop into my head immediately was I remember when I was playing Uncharted 3 and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, comes up and is watching me play this game. And she's like, oh, this is a cool movie. I was like, no, this is actually a video game. And she's like, oh my God, the suspense in this is intense. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. And <laughs> fucking A right, Kayla. <laughs> Nathan Drake is a bad ass. And I literally would play any Uncharted game that came out, even if the gameplay started to suck, just so I can continue to follow Nathan Drake's storyline. True facts, dude. Uh, who you got? Number seven. Number seven a character from a game series I have talked about a lot on this show. Oh no, I know who it is. Do you? Give me your guess. I don't want to ruin it. No, give me your guess. No, I'm, I'll write it down. Do it. I'll write it down. I'm not going to ruin it. I want you to be able to be like, boom. Okay. Um, my number seven actually doesn't have a name. He just goes by the code name Agent 47 from the Hitman series. Wow. And see, he didn't know. He didn't know. What? Oh, I'm sorry. You thought that I didn't know. I didn't write Agent 47, though. Did you just write Hitman? Yeah, I just wrote Hitman. All right. Yeah, these fucking just garrot people. (laughs) Yeah. Take their clothes, leave them in their fucking underwear. Fuck it. Badass. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, he didn't really have much character work until like Hitman Absolution, when he's like, "Oh, now I gotta protect this kid." <laughs> Fucking. First off, the kid doesn't need to be there, but all right, still Excellent. a decent game. Good, good character. Good pick. Uh, who's your number six? Number six for me was a uh, historical figure known by the name of Ezio. 
Alditore from the Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood and Revelations. Fucking phenomenal character. Just, just stabbing people with his wrist blade <laughs> and like saying shit in Italian that I just don't understand. But he, was, he sounded cool doing it. So he did, he did look cool too. Yeah, I was actually just playing Assassin's Creed 2. So <laughs> nice. That's a good pick. I like that pick. Um, my number six, Laura Croft. Okay. Um, and not Angelina Jolie. No, Laura fuck Croft. that. No, no one was. No one was second. No, no. Uh, pixelated. Pixelated still had a nice ass, Laura Croft. Um, yeah. <laughs> super triangle titties. <laughs> super good. Super good game. Uh, super cool character. Um, obviously, you know, when it comes to female characters, um, a staple, um, and, you know, she just fit the gameplay perfectly, the storyline perfectly. Um, even the newest movie that they made, um, did a really good job with her character arc. And, uh, yeah, Laura Croft is number six for me. Oh, good pick. Thank you. Um, number five, who do you got? Number five. This is where we're going to get in depth about shit. This is so um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hint as to who it is. And I'm, you don't have to say who it is, but I want to see if you know who I'm talking about. Um, I wrote down for my notes. I just wrote down Merc with a mouth, but not Deadpool. I've actually talked about this game a lot as of late, which is funny because I haven't talked about this game in years. Um, but Tyson Rios from Army of Two, that dude is a fucking badass. Like that dude is just straight raw. Like when you play as yeah. that guy, you're just like, I, I feel sorry for these fake characters that I'm absolutely obliterating. This dude <laughs> is a monster. A monster. I would literally play the game, even though I beat it like 4,000 times, I would play it by myself just to like hear the character banter between Tyson and Emmett or whatever the other guy's name is. He's not important. No, Tyson (laughs) is a boss and like one of the greatest mercenaries that characters that PlayStation or not PlayStation, but video game developers have come up with and have been on consoles. Um, just a badass big dude. Um, you know, the mask doesn't do um, his enemies any favors because he looks even more badass when he puts yeah. on a dope mask. Um, so yeah, Tyson Rios for me is my number five. That's an excellent pick because we have been talking about Army of Two a lot lately off, yeah. off the record. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I we hung out when you when that game first came out. You were like, "Have you ever heard of this game, Army of Two? And I was like, "No." They say fuck a lot in this game, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, "Oh, sounds like my type of game." Yeah, it was a great game, great game. Now, my number five, you may know of this character, you may have heard of them, um, especially like very recently, because my number five. Is Laura Croft. 
Nice. But not triangle titty Laura Croft. No, no. Ah. I'm talking about the rebooted Laura Croft from the uh, Tomb Raider game that came out on the PS3. And then Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I fucking love it. Her character, like she's always been a very smart person. Mm-hmm. But then having to put her smarts and skills to the test in these situations she was not prepared for. Having to learn things on the fly and just her absolute versatility have always been a wonderful draw for me to those games. And I just love, especially in those rebooted games, her character arc is phenomenal. So Laura Croft is my number five. Nice, nice, nice. Um, number four for me, uh, another repeat offender today. Nice. Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. Shout out the boy. Dude, fucking Nathan Drake is so good. Um, speaking on character arcs, uh, Uncharted 3 and 4 definitely showed a lot more growth than 1 and 2 for his character. But he's like you said, I can't say anything that you already didn't say. He's just a badass. And the, uh, the cinematography of the Uncharted games um, especially later down the line, really uh, really helped boost the fact that he is not someone to just take lightly and fuck around with. Nope. So Nathan Drake's my number four. Good number four. Good, good number four. How about you? Um, my number four is another villain, um, and that is Voss Montenegro. Um, you have seen his ugly mullet and Derek Carr looking eyeballs uh, <laughs> in the video game Far Cry 3. This guy is the definition of a psychopath. And the gentleman that had to voice him, I feel sorry for. And the gentleman that created him needs to go see a doctor. Because <laughs> this dude is legit psycho and was the only thinking aside from like fear or games that are literally made to make you jump out of your seat like resident evil um the this villain was the only villain that i was legitimately scared for my character because i didn't know if this because far cry 3 was the first far cry game that i actually played all the way through and i knew it was a story-based game so i didn't know if like hey this is one of those games where like your main character dies, but one of the other characters that was around your character comes back and avenges him. Like, I don't know if this guy's going to die and then I have to take over someone else. And with Voss, you legitimately had no idea what was going to happen. And you were constantly being caught by him. You were constant, constantly in captivity. And he would give these speeches that were just like terrifying. He gives the speech. If you look, just look up Voss Montenegro and I guarantee you like the first video that pops up is his clip of explaining insanity. And it's literally like a a minute and a half of him just like, you know what insanity is? And he like explains it. And then mid conversation, he just like freaks out and he's like, I don't like the way you're looking at me. And it was just like, he would flip on a dime and you're like, Oh shit, I'm dead. Like, I'm going to die. My character's going to die. This sucks. Like, please don't kill me. 
like literally looked at him funny and now i'm gonna fucking die <laughs> yeah like it awesome like they did a great job with that character the first character that i ever actually feared for my character so boss montenegro is my number four that's a good pick thank you i uh i find it very interesting that you included villains on your list i kept mine to strictly protagonists mm-hmm. or supporting characters i guess if you want to consider captain price in some of the later games as a supporting character mm-hmm. but i like that pick i really like the inclusion yeah i'm just trying to spread the love yeah dude even to fucking crazy people yeah. straight <laughs> psychopaths yeah i mean we need love too yeah facts uh, moving into the beloved top three. Yeah, yeah. Who do you, uh, who's your number three and why? Um, I'm going to give you his phrase and you're going to know who it is. Okay. Get over here. Ah, fucking Liu Kang. Sick. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. Scorpion, Scorpion. Scorpion is <laughs> my number three. Um, I have so many reasons as to why he's my number three. Um, but why he stuck out to me was I told the story, um, either on this podcast or another podcast when I was at the Kings Stanley cup, that was our last list. I saw the, the, the poster and -hmm. it was just an X with scorpion spear coming out. And like, when you can just show a part of a character, and it sells people on what the entire game is when that game has 20 plus playable characters. Like that's definition of a badass to me. And when you play as him, you're like, okay, no dude is beating me. I have a fucking spear that flies out of my fucking arm. Like Scorpion by far is the most badass player of the Mortal Kombat series. And the most fun character to play with all of his moves and his finishes. Um, it just, what they can do with that character is endless and he's so much fun to play with. And he's just a total, total badass. And that's why he is number three on my list. Good pick. Thank you. Who is, uh, who's number three for you? Snake. Uh, by the way, uh, just like last episode or last time we did a top 10, I wrote your top threes as a guess. <laughs> I'm one for one. <laughs> Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Let me tell you, when it comes to uh, tactical espionage action, <laughs> <laughs> Solid Snake is second to none. When you can sit inside of a cardboard box and fool people and then just absolutely decimate them and not let anyone know you were there you're fucking insane you're crazy and i love it i love and plus his like he's been around for so long not just in the uh, history of how long metal gear solid games have been around but canonically Mm. like this dates back to like vietnam man yeah dude but yeah, Solid Snake, he's just so great. And so many uh, twists and turns 
in those games that I – some of them don't exactly make sense. You kind of have to take everything and put it into order and in context. But he's iconic to say the least, and I always feel badass when I'm able to take out an entire base of fucking dudes and just not not have any proof that I was even there. Thank you. It's a good pick. Never really got into those games. Um, but when I did or like watch people or when I did play them, like I played like the original metal gear solid. Um, but yeah, good game, good game series. Good pick. I like that pick a lot. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get into them until like metal gear solid five, which was a lot easier for me to get into than some of the other games. Mm-hmm. Who's, um, uh, who's, uh, your, your first loser. My first loser, he's gonna, he's probably gonna fucking kill me for saying this. Would be Kratos. Two for two. All right. I can't wait to see if you guessed my number one. Because <laughs> if I, you did, when you, dude. When you, told me, when you told me I wouldn't guess it, I was like, damn it. Because I wrote one that I was like, it's gotta be this. And mm. said I won't guess it. I was like, shit. And I started second guessing my list. But I'm going to stick with it because I'm probably going to get it wrong. But I'm two for two and I'm proud of that. Oh, yeah, dude. I, you know what? I'm proud of you. You know me better than I know myself. <laughs> um, just so everyone knows, when, I, when we were writing these lists, my top four came to me off the top of my head. And I wrote them down in order. Nice. So, uh, Kratos, I mean, what more can, you, can be said about the god of war? Like the in the theme of character development, the thing that I love so much, uh, the from what I've seen, as we know, I have not played the game, um, but from the newest God of War, uh, there's a whole different side of Kratos that you see, and there's you know, caring and not just a bloodlust. So Oh, I really like his character. Plus, his Blades of Chaos are fucking insane. I love it. Thanks. Kratos, number two. Nice. Um, Should we just move to number one since uh, Kratos is also my number two? Oh! Because Kratos is a absolute bad ass. Um, Like, I can't... I can't even put into words the first time I ever played God of War and how I hated like button mashing games, but it was, it didn't matter. It was just so cool. Like it was just it, like everything about that game was awesome. And even if there was times where it was like, Oh, I hate the movement or I don't like the button mashing or these, you know, these things that keep slowing me down are really annoying because they're pointless in the game. Like no matter what you were Kratos and that is what made the game awesome. And Kratos by far, almost my number one, but I, I couldn't sleep on my boy. So Kratos is for sure my number two. Um, on my list, I would never, ever, ever leave that man off of my list. So who's your boy? My number one, my ride or die, 
he's the goat, man. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like words, but I don't think that I can. Pablo Sanchez, the greatest baseball player slash basketball player slash hockey player slash every single sport player of all time. That little chubby man is the secret weapon. Yeah. Okay. Born on August 18th. He does not speak any English, but he knows the language of all sports. Simply put, this kid is good. And no, that is not a direct quote from Backyard Baseball. That's absolutely absolutely a direct quote. 100% the greatest athlete of all time. I don't care if you're an MJ fan or a LeBron fan or a Lawrence Taylor fan. Pablo Sanchez is the GOAT. Pablo Sanchez beats all those players you just named at the same time in their each individual sports. Facts. That is a wonderful pick. Thank I you. love that. Uh, Adios, baseball. <laughs> Adios, baseball. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of angry that you didn't wear your Pablo Sanchez shirt. Now. I almost did. I almost did, but I was like, I'm not going to give it away because I feel like once I wore it, then it's like, oh, okay, he's deaf. And especially when I pick stretch later yeah. in my picks, and he's like, okay, he's going sports a little bit. So let's. Uh, Let's assume Pablo is going to be on this list. I didn't want to give it away. So shout out to Manscaped. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) They don't sponsor us, but they fucking could. They should. Yeah. Fucking trim your nuts. Trim (laughs) your nuts. So my number one, (laughs) the (laughs) the anticipation on your end. Um, before I get into it, I have to read a quote. Okay. And it is a quote from uh, their selected game, the game I based this off of. Okay. The quote is, I'm just a girl, not a threat. And then someone replies, oh, Ellie, I think they should be terrified of you. Yes. Ellie, Last of Us Part 2, a game I just fucking finished two days ago. Holy fucking shit. I'm actually super proud of you that you got that. Yes. (laughs) Jason's two for two on my top threes. Bro, I was so, like, when you said you're not going to get it, my brain was like, okay, shit. Think of an indie game that he played that I've never even heard of. Come on, think, 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 think. Like I was going to put the fucking big old dude from uh, from uh, uh, Bioshock. Like oh, I was, Big Daddy? Yeah, Big Daddy. Like I was thinking like characters like that. I was like, okay, he's going in a direction that I'm not anticipating. I don't like this. Like you were so confident in that I wasn't going to know it that you freaked me. But I was like, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to stick to it. Whether I'm two for three, one for three, three for three, I don't care. Ellie's number one. Yep. I'm so proud of myself. I'm, I'm proud, proud of you. you. I'm proud of you because it's a great list. Dude, Ellie, for people who haven't played The Last of Us, play it. And if you haven't played The Last of Us 2 or you're kind of like on the fence, uh, man, it's just such an experience. 
me and uh, me and my boy Kyle had a very in-depth conversation about the game this morning before I went to work because he finished it in a few days and it's been out for a few weeks now and I was very hyped about it and I just finished it and I did a wonderful job of avoiding all spoilers which is why I will not spoil it for anyone now but just her development as a person maybe not necessarily in the best way maybe not in like a good lighthearted way she is if I ever ran across Ellie in dilapidated uh, apocalypse setting um, I'm probably screaming peeing and shitting myself and running away <laughs> in like the farthest opposite direction and she'll probably still kill me <laughs> She will follow me to the ends of the earth to fucking murder my face. And I don't blame her. I suck. And she's a badass. That's why she's my number one. Good number one. Good number one. Good, good, good. Play the fucking game, people. Um, I'm going to have to have a discussion with you after this about a possibility of a thing. But we will uh, will talk about that. hanger. Yeah, I'm just saying that there might be some content coming the way. I don't know. Tease. Oh, snap. Yeah. He's coming with all guns a-blazing. I yeah. would like to say uh, great list. Um, Thank you. You I as love well. doing these. I yeah. look forward to doing more. Shout out to the OG characters that didn't get a nod, like Crash Bandicoot, mm-hmm. Mario. Mario. True. He uh, killed a lot of Goombas. He did. I, I mean... I thought about putting Mario and then I thought of the Family Guy episode where he's like, I jump on the turtle, Stewie. It's not an exciting life, but it's my life. Like when <laughs> Family Guy makes fun of you, you might not be a badass. That's so. why you'd have to choose Waluigi, the greatest Mario character of all time. He sucks at tennis. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to uh, all the OGs. Sonic didn't get a nod. Yeah. Um, or Knuckles, because some people would say Knuckles is more badass than Sonic. Knuckles is just the gothic version of Sonic. That's Shadow. But right. no, Shadow's the emo. There's a difference. That's true. I should know. I am one of those. Both. <laughs> oh, now I'm in an ex- existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> more so than all- I was before. <laughs> All in all, good list, good content. Yes. I appreciate the uh, the uh, detail that went into your list. Um, I appreciate. I'm yours glad as well. that uh, I'm glad that we were on the same page. I like that. Yeah. We, I like how Kratos was both. <laughs> yeah, we talked. Uh, we talked before the list that we weren't going to have as many. We didn't think as many yeah. similarities, but we had three: Nathan Drake, yep. Croft, and Kratos. And Kratos was in the exact same spot for us. So. Um, we have the same appreciation in most areas, just we find um, different details more exciting in different games, and that's fine. You know, you brought this up on uh, the last list we did, is that it's so interesting that you and I, obviously, were blood, and we spend a lot of time playing games together and talking about all sorts of different things. And one thing we really talk about all the time, obviously we have a podcast about this is video games and we are two very different people when it comes to video games, but we're able to have like this common ground to where we can see from each other's point of views and we can agree on things. 
Uh, I don't think there's a single person in your list I disagree with. Granted, there are games that I have not played, like Far Cry 4 and Far Cry 3. Never played those games. Maybe I'll revisit those. Maybe I'll visit those since uh, you've been talking so much shit on their behalf. Good shit. They're good. Yeah, good shit. Not, not bad shit. I didn't get rid of it. I still have to have it. Oh, maybe I did. Shame on me. Shame on you. You brought dishonor on your whole family. I did. (laughs) Oh, no. That's so sad. Speaking of dishonor, I almost put, um, I almost put the main character from dishonored on my honorable mentions. Mm, That would have been a good one. Yeah. But I don't know. I, uh, I have talked a lot of shit on behalf of Dishonored recently. And to be frank, I feel more passionate about all the characters that I named. But um, that is our top tens. If you guys have any ideas on future top tens you'd like us to talk about, whether it be uh, video games of all time, which is I'm sure a list that will be coming in the future, just not yet. Probably wait for... uh, after the PS5 releases and we finish Miles Morales to make that list because that'll probably be on there. Big Um, Yeah. Give us your suggestions. Top 10 villains, top 10 games, uh, top 10 fucking. Let's, let's not do top 10 fucking. I don't want to, I don't want to have to go through the small library of video game sex scenes to pick my top 10. As we all know what number one is. The scene from The Last of Us Part Two. There's a sex scene in yeah. The Last of Us Part Two. Oh, I was definitely going Kratos because oh. anyone that gets that dong is a wondrous woman. Yep. Or the uh, the hot coffee mod for Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, <laughs> where you get to have the sex mini game. <laughs> Shout out to hot coffee mod. I think actually that would be the one list where Duke Nukem might make the top ten. Yeah, he was, by the way, since we talked about this off the record, we talked about Jason's dishonorable mentions, and Duke Nukem was absolutely on that list. First guy on it. (laughs) Yeah, he would have been all three entries for me. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever was so fucking bad. So bad. The first one actually was pretty good, uh, and it was like a different type of game, but it was just like they took that character they repeated it too much it wasn't good yeah there's only so many dick and fart jokes that i don't tell (laughs) that i can fucking deal with (laughs) true true i'm here to (laughs) there was a fucking meme i saw a long time ago it was like a shitty drawing of duke nukem and says uh (laughs) i'm here to kick bubble gum and chew ass and i'm all out of ass dick kick (laughs) him Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Shout to Dick Kickham. Dick Kickham. Yeah. I like it. I wonder if he ever grabbed his dick and twisted it. <laughs> twist his dick. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> the old dick twist. <laughs> Gotta get the motion in there for the we YouTube might, we audience. Might, we might get the old dick twist on uh, Yas Island. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Who knows? This is... <laughs> I don't think the Nevada State Athletics Commission reaches Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Definitely doesn't. I'm actually super bummed that the Masvidal fight isn't going to include the BMF title. 
I know, dude. Shout out to Masvidal, who said he was retiring, and now he's fighting Usman. <laughs> and on five days' notice. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I'm going to win. Wait, that might be, uh, that might be something we uh, disagree on. I don't know. Win. This is going to be a good atmosphere for when we uh, watch the fights. Hear me out. I want Usman to win because I think Usman is the most all-around fighter in that weight class. However, Masvidal is no one to fuck with. And when Same you are, with the Wu-Tang Clan. Facts. When you are UFC, if it comes to a decision, who sells more, Usman or Masvidal? Especially when Masvidal has already created bad blood with guys with the likes of Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, BMF title rematch, perhaps. That's also for the title, a two-belt fight. Jorge two belts. God, who knows? All I'm saying is, if Usman doesn't knock this dude out or submit his ass, Masvidal wins. It's true. Gotta watch out for that flying knee. That knee is Narnar. Narnar. Put you night-night. Yeah. You ever go night-night? Everybody go night-night. Everybody go night-night. But uh, that being said, with our list concluded, so is episode four of the Mashing Joys podcast. If you guys have enjoyed, feel free, if you're on YouTube, to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment down below, and smash that fucking bell to get notifications whenever we have a new episode going live. And if you are on the streaming services, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Are we on iHeartRadio and Pandora yet? I do not believe so. I think Pandora and iHeartRadio have uh, been really set back with this whole uh, COVID thing going on. Uh, When they messaged me back and let me know that everything was under review, they said to give it up to 14 days. So that would have been 14 days from episode one. So it's been like a week. It's been, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Because we're busting the content out here soon mashing joys soon 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 so not to be confused with zoom 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 yeah which is what we're what we're recording on shout out to zoom yeah making all this possible zoom uh, if you want to sponsor us cool if not if not we're going to keep using your product so yep it's a free product and we uh it's pretty easy to use yeah sorry not sorry i'm not sorry at all i'm not sorry at all it's Sorry. <laughs> so that being said, we are looking forward to episode five should be dropping on Monday. Maybe a little UFC recap. Maybe, probably, maybe, maybe you might have to tune into a little podcast. I've heard about uh, quite possibly the fastest growing sports podcast in Idaho Case in point, hosted by the one and only man in front of me, Jason Kaysen. Maybe in the future, maybe sooner than anyone thinks, you might be hearing another familiar voice on that podcast discussing oh, some is sports. Is this that cliffhanger that you were alluding to earlier? Ooh, it's not, but maybe I'll throw another oh, hat in the ring. Maybe we'll oh, shoot. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, oh snap. God. My hair's all slicked back because I wear a hat all day and I've got lines. Looks good. Thanks, bro. You didn't have to. You're right. I didn't, but I did. So deal with it. Appreciate you, dog.
There's a reason why I have like one ninetieth of my collection behind me because yeah. this hair, when it's not faded, uh, does not go. It's not shown to the public. So I always need backups. It's true. So he's got, let's see here. He's got baby Yoda, like four different angels hats. Five. Oh, five. Is that, is that one all the way over? Yep. California uh, angels. angels. Yep. So we got uh, Miami all-star angels, uh, St. Patrick's day, uh, spring training, just all white. And then California angels and then squid. Yep. And baby, Yoda. baby Yoda. And cat dog. And cat dog. Yeah, dude. I feel bad that I threw my brand new All Elite Wrestling hat on the floor. I mean, don't. It's where it belongs. Whoa, dude. I'd watch that mouth. Maybe you'll get invited to a super kick party hosted by the Young Bucks, who have been killing the business, by the way, in case you didn't know. That's all wrestling stuff. I don't blame you for not knowing. Because I watch real sports. Is that what you were going to follow that up with? Sure. Ah. You watch non-predetermined programming. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, maybe we'll save the wrestle talk for another another episode where I just like rant for seven days about everything. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Because then again, there are two people who have a say in this podcast. <laughs> Facts. Although he has said he will never censor me. That's that true. I do ha- that I did I do have I did say that I did say that and I regret it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but that is going to be it for us today. Um hopefully you guys enjoyed. Let us know what you thought in the comments section on the social medias. Mashing Joys on Facebook at Mashing Joys on Twitter and Instagram. Shoot us a message. Let us know who do you want on the stream? What do you want us to talk about? Uh, tell me I look good. I don't know. Lie to my face is what I'm saying. <laughs> please like me. Yeah, please be my <laughs> friend. Um, speaking of friends, one last shout out to my main man, Garrett, serving our David. country and also celebrating his 23rd birthday today. Happy birthday, Tony G. I love you dearly, brother. Serving Hopefully- our country and uh, um serving finishing moves on all the guys that I down because he's a kill stealer. Yep. Uh, that happens. Still appreciate him though. Yeah. Love him to death. Great guy. Salt of the earth. <laughs> but that is it. That is episode four in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. As always, I have been Cody. And I'm still Jason. And this has been the Mashing Joys podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay safe out there, wear a mask, eat your fucking vegetables, and most importantly, let's have a good rest of your day. See ya! See ya! Toy.